Welcome to the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast, Episode 5. I'm Joel Payne. And I'm Matt Osgood. And this is a podcast to equip, train and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. Each episode we'll be dissecting a classic song, focusing on technique in the workshop and bringing you interviews with some of the finest worship songwriters around. And we'll be responding to your tweets, Facebook messages and emails. This week we're going to be looking at the classic song, Strength Will Rise, Everlasting God by uh, Brenton Brown and Ken Riley. Matt is going to be taking us through the second part of song structure in the workshop. We've got the second half of our interview with Geraldine Luce Latty, and we're kicking off our 12-song challenge. But first of all, welcome Matt to our podcast. Thank you very much, Joel. It's a privilege. A life ambition, even. A life ambition. That's good. <laughs> Sam is on holiday this week. He's in Stockholm. Is that how you say it? Stockholm? I think so. That actually sounds more German, doesn't it? Yeah, that sounds close enough. Sam's gone for a, for a break anyway. So Matt has come to join us. We like to have a little catch up, find out what's been going on. Obviously, we've had Christmas, New Year, etc. Um, what sort of things have you been up to? Yeah, well, had a lovely Christmas and New Year with the family. It's been great. And um, one thing I've been working on a little bit uh, over the last couple of months is a new project, which hopefully... Uh, all our listeners will hear more about in due course, um, called uh, worshipsongrecording.com. There's no website there at the moment. It's under construction. But it's uh, basically a project to enable worship songwriters from anywhere in the world to get their songs recorded um, sort of to professional quality so that they can share them, whether just share them with their church, share them more widely. Uh, so for people who love to write, maybe have a whole catalogue of songs, but yeah. don't have the facilities or the equipment or the musicians available to get some really decent recordings. It's a service that we're going to be offering. Brilliant. So um, I'm really excited about it and hopefully it'll be um, properly launched within the next two months. Great. Good stuff. Um, I have, I've had my first Christmas with Huckleberry, ah, um, yes, which luck. was, you know, I thought it was going to be this wonderful romantic thing. We'd get up Christmas morning, we'd have a little ah. family breakfast together, go to so church, go to the parents. <laughs> <laughs> it was completely disrupted. Um, I sort of got up first with Huck because he woke up early. We went back to bed, fell asleep, overslept, missed the rehearsal for church. I set off on my own. They came later. We ate breakfast during the sermon, etc., etc. Amazing. Amazing. So, yeah, that was it. But it, you know, it was still, it was wonderful, but um, yeah. nothing... The, the real magic of Christmas will probably kick in in a, in a few years' time. Yes, <laughs> I hope so, because it's gone, so it's gone on holiday. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, we, before Christmas, we went to Kilmarnock for ah, yes. a, to yeah. do a Christmas concert. What a fantastic thing. So we went to New Kirk, and apologies for the accent there, and... Uh, they had rehearsed a choir, so we we they'd bought one of our Christmas concert packs. They'd rehearsed a choir. We turned up with a band. It was just amazing playing these songs because I hadn't obviously I hadn't heard the choir singing yeah. the songs until we actually got together and rehearsed. And there we were in the beginning was, the, and suddenly there was this ooh ah, and it, oh, it was amazing. I loved it. It was Fantastic. really good. So they did a great job. Um, the church turned out in force. We had a a brilliant welcome, an extraordinary full Scottish breakfast um, the following morning. So thanks to those guys up there. And um, yeah, be for, I, w- I hope we can do some more next year. And maybe people need to get in touch now because it's um, it's one of those things that you've got to fit into the church diary. Some We sold um, concert packs where people got that full set of scores and choir parts and backing tracks and so on to um, places in all over the world. Um, so I'm looking, I hope we'll get a few stories of how those... 
how those work. And if any churches in New Zealand want to uh, book us to come over and <laughs> yes. lead it, uh, we're okay with that. That's okay. It uh, might be good to pay for the flights now when they're a bit cheaper in advance, however it works. Um, and the other thing is that we opened the booking for our worship songwriting retreat. So um, Matt and I were involved in leading that last year. It had an absolutely brilliant time. It was fantastic. Um, and this year, so it's the 26th, the 29th of June. This year, the brilliant news is that a really generous donor has offered to subsidise the whole thing. So we've been able to knock about £100 off the cost of it. Um, brilliant. So it's now, basically, if you do the early bird price, it's £199, um, and which, frankly, is a complete bargain because I know how much it costs to put on. Yeah. Um, so we would really love to get some more people. Maybe some will come back from last time. Um, if you are a worship songwriter, somebody serving your local church, you just want some encouragement, um, you want a bit of fellowship to share your songs, get some feedback and so on. Um, but I mean, it was brilliant, wasn't it? What was your favourite bit last time, Matt? Uh, well, on the penultimate day, we had a concert yeah. where people came together and um, played songs that they had worked on yeah. over the last couple of days. And um, I mean, it was just fantastic hearing these songs, some of which, you know, I'd been part of the um, you know, the refining process and others of which I'd just never heard. And uh, I remember one... Uh, song in particular, and you'll know exactly which one I'm talking about, Joel, which was a very simple sort of scripture meditation. Yeah. Um, but everybody else joined in, and you have a room full of uh, songwriters, oh, and they're all you know yeah. gifted musicians <laughs> and, and so forth, all suddenly adding these kind of gospel harmonies to yeah. the song. It just turned from being a, you know, sort of, not a performance, but a, you know, sharing of songs into this real worship moment. And, that was the um, moment, wasn't it, actually? Yeah, I remember. It, it was, but then there's so many highlights. Yeah. I mean, Wydale, the, the venue where we go, is absolutely beautiful. Isn't it? I mean, it, in terms of kind of inspiring creativity, um, being able to sit out in the blazing sunshine, because it will be blazing sunshine. We that did is get guaranteed. the best, part of your booking. W- best week's weather possibly of the last hundred years, didn't we? In that yeah, we did, week. pretty much. You know, <laughs> yeah. Sitting outside and, you know, looking out over the Yorkshire countryside and... Uh, just being able to write in that environment was outstanding, um, and and the, the hospitality of the uh, the centre, the food is marvellous. There's far too much of it. It's it's just brilliant, and uh, at the reduced price, I, I really can't recommend it highly enough. Book now. Book now. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the booking is open, so yeah, get on there, get on the website, <coughs> and get onto it. It's time for the 12 Song Challenge. So this is our uh, big plan, something that Sam and I, we challenged each other because we wanted to write more songs in 2016. Uh, But we also wanted to develop our craft and our skills. So we decided that each month we're going to take a different kind of approach to writing a song and we're going to have a go that month. And maybe we'll get to the end of that month and we'll have written, you know, the world's greatest worship song. Or maybe we'll just get something finished and it was worth it through the process and we'll just put it to the side and move on and, and we've learned. Hopefully it will um, lead to some more productivity for us. And so in January, um, we decided to do scripture songs. So that's where you take a passage of scripture and you try and write a song which really sort of closely fits the scripture without being a memory verse... Uh, somehow becomes a song of praise and worship, but you go away with those kind of the, those um, the words of scripture resonating in you. Um, it's quite yeah. a, it's it's tricky. We'll talk about that in a minute. It's tricky. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've we've invited you guys to get involved as well, um, and so we've got uh, we sent out an email uh, the other day. We've already got forty people signed up. So if you want to join in with this, 
you can either just do it, listen to the podcast, do it privately. But if you want to be a bit more involved with other people, drop us a line, give us an email address, and we'll include you on. Um, we'll we'll send you out the challenge each month, and we'll find ways of um, of feeding back. We'd love to hear how you guys get on. We can't play everybody's songs every week on the podcast, but um, we'll pick out bits and pieces and, and we'll listen to them. Um, and so, Sam set me Romans eleven thirty three to thirty six. I, I remember set he was Sam, very generous with you. Yeah, he was very generous actually. I set Sam something a bit more difficult, uh, which was John fourteen five to twenty one about the Holy Spirit. I, I noticed that Sam is not present. Yeah, Sam has basically had to go on holiday. See if he can do yeah. that. And we're giving you three other possibilities as well, uh, which are Jeremiah six verse sixteen. So that's quite a short one. Uh, Revelation fifteen three to four. And then Hebrews 12, 18 to 29. So those are your choices. You've got to stick to those if you want to join in. Um, the idea is not to go and you know, find any song that you've written and <laughs> that was based on a bit of scripture, but to have a go at something new. Um, it's an exercise, like we say, it might turn out brilliant. Or it might just be something where we learn and we have a go at it. So um, at the end of this, I'm going to set one for Matt to do. He doesn't know which one it's going to be yet. Mm, yes. But I've had a, I've been working a little bit. It's early January. I've been working on this Romans one. Matt, I'm going to play it to you now. Woohoo! Okay. Guitar. Um, and you're going to give me some instant feedback. Um, and then if I've survived the feedback, we'll carry on and do the rest of the podcast. No pressure on both of us. <laughs> no, no. Because I felt like it, it, as a passage, it cascades and layers praise. That actually I try and make it into a song which does that. So eventually you'd have all sorts of different parts going on across the room and, and people singing them and so on. So see, here we go. Oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. So that's one part. Then you'd add another part, or I'm not sure yet how this works, but somehow it fits together. His judgments are unsearchable. His paths cannot be traced. His some things are unknowable. Who can direct his ways? Oh, the depths of the riches and the Knowledge of God, and then here's the next part. From Him and through Him and for Him are all things. For from Him and through Him and for Him are all things. Matt, I would get you to join in, but we know that over Skype it won't work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we could try and lay No chance. <laughs> and then I thought maybe one last part, which is like this. kicks in there we go so um, that's all you're going to get Matt I've got approximately 25 days to fix this so if you give me one or two <laughs> pointers that'd be brilliant so the idea is let me just get this right that yeah. each of those parts they still work when they're all stacked on top yeah. of each other you have to take my word for that but yes at the moment I yeah. think I can I can kind of envisage it and obviously you've got the same chord progression going underneath all of them so I mean I suppose the one thing I do wonder though yeah. listening to those parts just um, 
for the first time is whether they are actually slightly too close to each other. They're all quite mid-range. Yeah. And I wonder whether you could take maybe the first maybe the first part of the oh the depths and because actually you know you're possibly slightly cheesy but a little bit of word painting you could go lower for oh, the depths. depths yeah um but you're in you're in e i'm in e is that right yeah. um of course um uh oh the depths of riches and wisdom and the knowledge of God, that's too low. But okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. but, but then it's just going to give a little bit more space so that when all the parts come in and they stack on top of each other, you've yeah. actually got something approaching a real four-part harmony. Because you go you go high with the um, amen, a, amen, which yeah. I noticed is going up to an E. Which yeah. is, uh, I, thought, I wondered whether our... when you get to the fourth part, it's it's quite an optional thing. You can take a run-up to this if you want. Amen, I mean, you could just have that, and then other people can improvise over the yeah. top if they really want. But, but yeah, I think you know having those three main parts, and then you know the amen is is sort of an ad lib really over the top. Um, so I think that would be my 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 first yep. suggestion. Then, and this is the real challenge with scripture songs, isn't it? it? It's taking scripture and turning it, whilst you know maintaining the the, the language, maintaining the meaning, and turning it into lyrics which have completely different stresses to yeah. you know just just reading prose and even though this is a doxology um it's 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 not you know it's not sort of english poetry um so you have to kind of superimpose a rhythm to the words which is not there in the text and it is difficult to do that so it's just quite noticeable in the first section particularly yeah. when you have oh the depth oh, oh the depth that's great yeah but then of the riches yeah. and the wisdom yeah. and the knowledge of God. And I just wonder, is there some way that possibly the words could be reordered? Oh, the depths. Or even just, oh, the depths. Oh, the wisdom. Oh, the, oh, oh the riches. Yeah, that's nice. Oh, the wisdom and the knowledge of God. Oh, the depths. Oh, the riches. Oh, the wisdom and the knowledge of God. That's, yeah, it's better. Uh, that may be too many O's, but... Yeah. yeah, even just the wisdom, the knowledge of God, so yeah. just it's is the real strong emphasis. Because those the, are the strong the words, aren't they? That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and the moment that that jars, whereas in the um, you know the for from him and through him and for him are all things section, that's great because yeah. those are all strong words and they land um, on strong beats and and that just seems to sit much more naturally. Other than that, I mean, the great thing with writing a scripture song is that there's very little I can say about. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure whether you know that lyric Doesn't needs improving. Sound. So, yeah, you know, Saint Paul uh, knew what he was talking about. Yeah. So, um, but I, I think then because you there's very little wiggle room in terms of the lyrics, just finding ways, and we'll come on to this. I think with our classic song later yeah. on, finding ways in which those words sound like they were originally written, that St Paul actually had your melody in mind. Okay, that's helpful, yeah. Um, you know, when he was when he was writing. And at the moment, I don't think it's quite there, but I think you could just, you just need to keep playing around that, reordering words, trying different combinations yeah. to um, to get that to, to sit more oh. naturally. Well, and what just in general about the kind of the layering thing, making it a kind of cacophony of, of doxology... Yeah, I mean, just practically, I suppose the only other thing that you're going to run into um, is now Sam's song, and it's one of the oldest songs on the Resound website, Jesus Lead Us to the Father. Yeah. But very practically, it's not very long, and yeah. you can fit all the words 
on one, one slide of the projection. Yeah. So just practically speaking, if a congregation is going to sing it yeah. in three parts, that is a challenge. That's a really helpful thing to bear in mind, and I hadn't considered that at all. If you're going to do something like this, it's the one slide test. Oh, brilliant. Thank you, Matt. That's really helpful feedback. So I have to set you a challenge. Oh, yes. And I decided, um, because I know you and love you, um, that I'm going to set you Jeremiah 6, verse 16. This is the sound of me flicking through Bible pages. And this is what the Lord says. Yeah. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. Yeah. And you will find rest for your souls. Yeah. There you go. I'll stop there and not go on to the bit that says, but you said we will not walk in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can be the tag. <laughs> we, we will, will not, not walk. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I won't include there that There you bit. go. So that's my kind of challenge to you. There's something really, I don't know, there's, there's barely any words there, but I think it's a really beautiful mm. little thought. And uh, see what you can do with it. So you've got 25 days. 12. Let's move on to dissect a classic. And this week yeah. we are going to look at um, Strength Will Rise or Everlasting God by Brenton Brown and Ken Riley. So talking about scripture songs, this one is obviously pretty much entirely from that passage in Isaiah, which just gives it incredible strength. Um, I mean, lyrically, you know, you can't really argue with it. Um but also because you know it's quite repetitive and generally people will sing the song at least twice through, often they'll repeat the chorus again at the end, it has that kind of sense of meditating on scripture, really chewing on it, kind of Lectio Divina style of really just taking these words and making them our own. I love the fact that it is corporate, this is partly a sort of personal preference thing, but it, it's a we song rather than an I, but it really is actually about God rather than us. Um, you know that you've got the uh, the, the pre-chorus. Our God, you reign forever. Our hope, our strong deliverer. Again, it's all things about God. And then the, the chorus is just, you know, you're this. You're the everlasting God. You don't faint. You don't grow weary. You're the defender of the weak. Um, so lyrically, uh, I love all those things. And musically, um, I think the chorus hook really makes it. The uh, you are the everlasting God. It's that jump down of a sixth. Uh, just makes it into a hook, elevates the melody from being mundane to being really interesting. It's very singable. Um, it'd be much less interesting if it just moved by step. And finally, harmonically, in the verse, it just pedals chord one, basically. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon it. So it's very static, doesn't really go anywhere. The pre-chorus, it lifts, and it goes on this harmonic journey. It goes away, goes to chord four, chord five, chord six. Um and doesn't use chord one at all. And then at the beginning of the chorus, you've built up this tension and it really lands and it just explodes. Um, and I think all of that can works together to make a, a small and simple song, but um, incredibly powerful and effective. Thank you, Matt. You managed two minutes there, but that's not bad. That's pretty impressive. So my uh, 90 second... Uh attempt goes like this my the first thing i would point out is the way that um they mix the the words around a little bit to make strength for subjects at the beginning so rather than it being about us it's actually about strength as if it's something external to us or different from us that rises up within us and i really like that because somehow it makes it it gives it a whole lot more potency than it might other ways have 
Um, the second thing I would say is in the pre-chorus, it's got this brilliant thing where where basically it rises in thirds. So the do 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 do, and the bass line is really going do. Uh, I can't do it now. Do 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 And when you get a move in thirds like that, it makes for a really sweet melody, doesn't it? Whereas if it if you had it moving by fifths, it often jars a bit. If you had it moving by octaves, it's often quite bland. But in thirds, there's something, it's just so satisfying to sing because you feel like you're singing a harmony with with the harmony, don't you? So that I think that yeah. works really well. Um, and then the final thing is um, in the chorus, where it's that lift at the end of the two lines with the uh, won't grow weary. Is that the tune? I've forgotten it. Anyway, something like that. It lifts anyway. It does, it does. That is the tune. And it yes, get, well it, so it won't grow weary. You're just kind of rising as you say it, which... And then the second time, when you rise on wings like eagles, and that lifts as well. And I know that I have a um, an unfortunate tendency to go down at the end of lines a lot, and, and you guys are always having to tell me to lift things. Um, that just fits the word so well. So I think that's one of the one of the great strengths of it. Yeah. So we've extolled its virtues, um, and uh, now we ask. But basically, the question is: uh, Say, Brenton and Ken turned up at a resound song club with this song. How would we have suggested that they improve it? I think my first reaction to it, if they they played the song to me, um, and uh, you know, I wasn't aware of uh, its status as a global hit, yeah. <laughs> um, then I'd probably go, "Oh, is that it?" Uh, because you know, actually, in terms of just the number of lyrics, uh, number of different lyrics in the song, it, it is very short. It's a very slight song. There's no second verse. There's no third verse. There's no um, you know independent middle eight. It's it's just the short passage which they've taken and yeah. um and just really stuck with it and and that's probably what i would say as a critique and i'm really glad that i wasn't critiquing the song for that reason because you know a lot of its strength i think uh pun not intended yeah. um is in its simplicity it is in the fact that it is actually it is so compact now i do think that uh, you know, there are some very simple songs, even from the you know seventies and eighties, that we still do do sing. Um, but a lot of the the songs which really last do tend to have more content. I don't know. Will we still be singing it in ten, fifteen, twenty years time? I don't know. But um, it, I think that's a real challenge for songwriters about knowing when to stop. Yeah. So in summary, what you're saying is you would improve it by not letting you get your hands on it. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I think there's probably a whole host of songs that are improved by me not uh, editing them at all. That's um, that's I mean, yeah, I think you've got some some yeah. actual comments. Well, the only things thing, you would I mean, again, consider. It's, because it is quite simple. It sticks closely to scripture. The whole thing is singable. I mean, it's a brilliant song, isn't it? Really, it's very difficult to find things critiquing it. The, the only bit I might perhaps look at is once you get into the the meat of the chorus, because in some ways the chorus is where it says the most things about God. Um, and as it gets to that second half, Defender of the Week, that kind of idea is in there. But they're kind of the comfort those in need. In some ways, that's a slightly um, sort of abstract idea that uh, I think it says more than that. So I think it's a good line. But had they brought it to me, I probably would have said, just go and see if there's something else in that, in what mm. it says in that passage that you could bring out about the qualities of God. Because that's true about God. But I think it's more active the way it talks of God. Yeah, there we go. That's our classic summarily dissected. 
it's time for the workshop and this time Matt is going to lead us. We talked last time about song structure, verses, choruses, pre-choruses, middle eights, etc. Um, and Matt is going to talk to us a bit more now about if that's the macro structure, more about the micro structure of songs and what's actually going on within those different elements. So Matt, I'm going to hand over to you uh, and we shall enjoy your wisdom for the next few minutes. Oh, thank you. Um, so if you listen back to episode four, uh, Sam and Joel were talking then about the, 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 the macro song structure, the actual what you probably think about when you talk about how a song is structured, things you know, how many verses, does it have a chorus, what's a refrain, how does that fit in, how's that different from a chorus, tags, middle eights, bridge sections, all of those different things. And what I suppose I want to try and look at um, a little bit, and there's enormous amounts that could be said about this, is how you structure a song within each of those sections. And this is really important when we consider what we are doing as worship songwriters. Typically, what happens is that we are inviting uh, a group, a large or small group of people, many of whom will not be musicians, to hear a song once. Sometimes I don't even get to hear it once. And then to sing along. And actually, although for a musician, you might just think, well, yeah, that's just that's just what we do. Yeah. Um, that's a hugely intimidating thing and, and a, just a real big ask. Um, so I, I remember several years ago going to um, a worship songwriters event and Andy Piercy was talking about this. And he had um, <clears throat> really helpful visual images, which obviously this isn't going to work quite as well on the podcast, but he, uh, he put a picture up you on the You describe screen. it and I'll do sound effects and maybe that will just be sufficient. I'm sure that will, um, yeah, <laughs> sound effect paints a thousand pictures or something like that. Um, he, he put up a picture which was the entrance to a fairground. So it had, you know, this, this, this archway. Is it? It's yeah, not helping, sure is that, it? Okay, you carry I'm on. not sure the sound effects are going to work. <laughs> okay. But, you know, you had this archway over the gateway, which it's all brightly lit up and through it you have you know, the carousel and the fairground rides there's neon lighting everywhere and people wandering around with candy floss and it just looked I mean obviously if you like that sort of thing it looked incredibly inviting and he said for you as a songwriter this is what you think your song is like you know this is the invitation into your song you know you know your song you love your song you just think it's brilliant to you you want people to come in and play in your song uh, and he said but actually for the congregation when you put a new song up on the screen, you say, right, we're going to learn a new song now. Actually, it's more like this. And he put up a picture showing just the mouth of a quite threatening looking cave, which was just completely dark. Yeah. And, and, and I found that such a... Um, <laughs> more sound effects. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. Um, uh, yeah. Um, and it's, it's dark and it's threatening. And... You know, your non-musical member of the congregation has no idea where your song is going. And simply, when you structure your song well, when you structure the melody and when you structure the lyrics, what you're doing is instead of there being, you know, kind of rocks sticking out of the bottom of the cave floor that people will trip over, yeah. you're smoothing the path. You're putting some little, you know, LED floor lighters down. You're making kind of really well-ordered steps so that if they're going down into the cave, um, you know, they, they can at least predict where they're going. So let me give you a musical example. Yeah. And uh, and, and that will hopefully clarify the, the metaphor. So melodically, take uh, a song, you all know very well, um, In Christ Alone. Melodically, it is incredibly 
simple in terms of how it's structured. It mostly uses a, a pentatonic melody, which is quite common to sort of folk Celtic type melodies. Um, and you go in Christ alone. Da, 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 da. So if you call that A, you sing A, and then you repeat A. So you've you've literally you've just sung the same thing twice. Obviously, lyrically you're moving on. There's loads of dense theology there, but melodically it's simple. Then you go off. You go somewhere else. So those two are almost the same, but slightly different. So that's your B section. And once you've done that, you come back to where you started. So you have an A A B A melodic structure. So within the four verses of In Christ Alone, you sing the A structure, the A melody, 12 times. So, and you sing the B four times. So it, it's just adding repetition in, in a way that will really help the congregation so follow that, where you're going. That's fascinating because <laughs> you, who would, you wouldn't think, most people wouldn't say, oh, In Christ Alone, that's a simple repetitive song. Exactly. Because lyrically, uh-huh. you've got this enormous complexity. So this is another thing which I've heard about, the, the, the kind of the dimensions, the different dimensions of complexity in a song. It yeah. can be complex rhythmically, complex lyrically, complex harmonically, although that's not so important. Congregations don't sing the harmonies a lot of the yeah. time. Or complex melodically. And if you have complex lyrics, really, to make your song usable, you then need to have a simple melody and simple rhythms. Gotcha. If you've got a rhythmically complex song, you probably want some quite simple words to go with it. Yeah. Do you see? Yeah. If you have a complex melody with complex lyrics and a complex rhythm, essentially people might like to listen to your song, but no one will be able to sing it. So, and, and Stuart Townend uses, or Keith Getty, um, you know, they use that same melodic structure for a number of their songs, actually. Mm. So How Deep the Father's Love is exactly the same. How deep the Father's love for us. There's A. Is A again, it just resolves at the end. Then it goes off somewhere else. There's your B section. And then you're back to where you started. So to consider things like that. Now those are modern hymns. But there's loads of examples of of songs where, um, you know, your your melody say of you know line one, line three of the verse are the same. And I really encourage, and this is always something that I will um, pick up on if someone plays me a song that they're still working on. Yeah. Try and avoid slight melodic variations. You know, if you're going to have a different melody for a line, then make it really different. Yeah. Don't have a melody that goes. Or, or something, you know, yeah. just a slight change. You know, if you're going to do the same melody, then do the same melody. Yeah. Um, but don't just change, you know, one note in the middle because of the line. Because if you do that, then when it comes to the next line, the congregation are already thinking, I'm never going to work this one out. Exactly. And so they're tricking what you're doing, me, these people. These songwriters are out to get me. Exactly. Yeah. So returning to the, the cave metaphor, what that is, it's, you know, your congregation <clears throat> member who doesn't know the song at all. They're yeah. walking trustingly into <laughs> yes. the dark cave with you and you've just put a rock in their way. Yeah. So they trip up. And what they're thinking about then is which way does this melody go? And they're not thinking about God. And yeah. They're not thinking about worship. Yeah. Um, and that is obviously what you want to avoid. So melodically, and um, we might come back to uh, melody because um, I think there's there's loads more that could be said about yeah. how melodies uh, are structured and put together and, and how you write hooky melodies but um, just leave that 
for the moment and consider how lyrics are structured. Now, if someone brings a song to me and, you know, essentially there are four lines in the verse, maybe lines two and four rhyme, but they are essentially kind of through composed, you know, there's no repetition, there's no uh, internal structure to them. And then you go to the chorus and again, there's no internal structure that it's maybe just another four lines um there may be a rhyme yeah but there's no um repeated beginnings of the line there's no little phrases that repeat or anything like that in general i will find that quite a hard song to get into and to give you a few contemporary examples of, of songs that really structure their verses um brilliantly uh, if I can just find the lyrics. So this is Amazing Grace, um, the uh, Phil Wickham, Jeremy Riddle, Josh Fire song. I think lyrically the verses of this are structured brilliantly. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The king of glory, the king above all kings. Yeah. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder? Who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder? The king of glory, the king above all kings. So both verses there, verses one and two, and then verses three and four, do the same thing. That you have two lines asking questions, so yep. who or whose to start yep. each line, and then you have the answer, the king of glory, yeah. the king above all kings. And crucially, and verse yeah. four departs ever so slightly, it goes to who rules the nations with truth and justice, yeah. shines like the sun in all of its brilliance, but it comes back to the same answer, the king of, king glory, of glory, the king above all kings. Yeah. And, and so... You, you were talking in the last podcast about having a refrain. Yeah. You know, that's that's it, isn't it? It's so that's that, a lyrical that little refrain bit that, there. Yeah. It's a lyrical refrain. It comes back, and what it does is it glues the verses together, and then you get to the end of verse 3, and the congregation isn't thinking, oh, I wonder what happens now. They're going, well, I know what happens now. It's the king of glory, the king above all kings, and I know that, and I can sing it, and I can sing it with confidence. So There's also something now, there, isn't there, about the, the three-line structure where you have... It's a, it's essentially it's a kind of musically it's got four lines if you like in terms yeah. of the number of bars, but what they do is they one line one line land on a line have a break and there's something about that three actually which makes a really solid um, a really solid shape doesn't it where yeah which is harder to do if you run through four lines I think sometimes yes yes absolutely um, another example slightly older one um, of what I think are just fantastically well structured lyrics um, is uh, Matt Redman's Blessed Be Your Name yeah and uh, I remember hearing Stuart Townend talk about this one he talked about how Matt had written the verse lyrics using a chiastic parallelism yeah and uh, everybody <laughs> chuckled to themselves and wondered whether Matt Redman had actually been thinking that when he'd written oh, but it, it's a, a device parallelism this morning yes Indeed, yeah. But what that is, it's quite straightforward. You, know, you have, blessed be your name, uh, when I'm found in the desert place, and uh, when I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. So if you have yeah. you know, the first part of the line, blessed be your name, and then something about the wilderness, then something else about the wilderness, and then back to blessed be your name. So the, the, those, those two things kind of form a cross. That's the chias. The, the, it's no Greek scholar, but um, I think that's uh, Greek for cross. So oh, you have nice. the lyrics are actually structured in a in a cross form, and again it's consistent through the verses. Blessed be your name, something good, 
something good restated, yeah. blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, something not so good, something not so good, blessed be your name. And again, it just provides, it's those steps, yeah. you know, clear path, walking through the song. So you're, but when you sing it, you're not thinking, oh my goodness, you know, this is so repetitive or whatever. It just works. But it's so satisfying to sing, isn't it? As well. Exactly, you exactly. You know where you're things. going. Yeah. Indeed. And, you know, it's a really strong way of, of ensuring that your song remains consistent. You know, another classic um, songwriter's error, which I've certainly fallen prey to, is, you know, you write first verse, you get a chorus that goes with it, and then you think, you know, you're writing a song about the resurrection or something, and, and then you think, um, actually, really, we don't have enough songs about social justice, so I'm going to write a second verse that's <laughs> yeah. all about yeah. social justice, and, and it doesn't really fit. But when you set up a structure like that and force yourself um, to stay with it, there's a real strength there. And and that's the thing, that you know, a structure, it can be like a cage yeah. <laughs> that you find yourself sort of enclosed in as a songwriter, but it's also, it's a scaffold. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's the the skeleton of the song and not just the um the kind of the verse chorus type structure but the structure within your verse the structure within your chorus so even just things as simple as you know chris tomlin's forever forever god is faithful forever god is strong forever god is with us forever it's like well what's that song about forever forever um it, it you know and 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 just that one word is yeah. also the title of the song yeah it just keeps returning to it, but it would be far less strong and far less um, kind of immediate if it went, you know, forever God is with us. We know that he is strong. You're worthy and you're gracious forever. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. rubbish. Yeah. But you see, I wasn't actually... Gonna, I wasn't going to say, but yeah, no, it was quite rubbish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and as songwriters, I think we can be so attracted with the idea of novelty yes you know let's bring in a new idea let's bring in a new idea no i've already said that i want to go off and say something yeah. else and actually it's it's that balance between repetition yeah and innovation yeah and it's the repetition that people can latch on to so repetition in your melodies repetition in your lyrics and it's those things that will actually help people really get into your song and be able to sing it without having heard it kind of 23 times uh, in advance. So that's something just to really look at, both look at, you know, songs that you know, that you like, that you sing regularly and go, well, how are these words structured? Because yeah. when you start delving into, um, you know, some of the most popular tunes that that, uh, that are around at the moment, I mean, you know, a song that uh, a lot of churches are getting into at the moment, Good, Good Father, I mean... <laughs> The chorus, you're a good, good father, it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. And if I had come up with that idea, which I didn't, um, I'd be thinking, oh, do I really want to say the same thing three times, really? But actually, it's that simplicity in that case, um, because the verses of that song are much more kind of free form. And then the simplicity, when you come back to the chorus, you can just focus on engaging with God and you're not worrying about what's coming next. Where is the song going? And uh, you can just enjoy actually being there in the moment and singing it. It's time for the second half of our interview with Geraldine Latty. Um, and so we'll tune in now to Sam and Geraldine chatting from before Christmas. God that we're praising is a God of justice. Mm. You know? So it's, I guess it's just the way that I'm wired in that. So. And the fact that you, you do draw so much from scripture and 
you have to sort of work to not see that in scripture. Yeah. It feels to yes. me like yes. it's all over scripture. Yeah. God's heart for the poor, God's heart for justice. And yes. As soon as you start to use that material. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think you have to work quite hard not to. Yeah. Not you also said to me there was a, there was a guy that was sort of on your case about saying, how does this relate to, didn't you have a pastor or somebody who was, was saying to you, think about how these songs ah yeah part there was one critique session that i had with uh, um my friend mike who i remember writing a particular song that was like a kind of hosanna easter day Mm -hmm. kind of song and um but we were living in bristol at the time and and i think he was i think that the 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 pointed encouragement was um, yeah, but how is this singing? How do what does hope mean when you say hope? What does it mean to somebody who has been unemployed for five years mm. and they are on benefits and they actually they don't know any different life? They they just kind of get up, claim the benefit, and then mm. go back to bed or spend it on drink or whatever. Mm. What does hope actually mean for that? And I think the pointed and cha- pointed challenge from Mike at that time was to start to start um articulating the word words like that we just take for granted like hope mm. like glory like blessing like um presence of god all mm. of those kind mm. of things that we kind of know the shorthand for oh, yeah we know that that means but for people who and and i guess particularly that's when i guess it began to wake up in me the whole community choir thing because we weren't just singing for the gathered congregation we were singing for people who were coming to our choirs many of whom didn't know jesus didn't do the church thing so we're singing hope how do you how does that um articulate how does that how do they relate to those words so i guess that began to trigger mm, off in me okay mm. so then the, the songs that we sing just need to spell something more out of that or find pictures to describe that a little more yeah so one of the songs that we end up using a lot because it does this so well is the lord you hear oh right uh, yeah Lord of mercy yes. song. yeah and so can you just tell us a little bit about the journey of that one or where yeah. some of those lines come from? Yeah. Yeah, that actually that was um, one that was written in one of my half-term weeks. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd, um, I'd woken up Monday morning and thought, right, this is my week for writing. Oh, my goodness, how am I going to get through it? And, um, and then I, I started... Um, I think at that point I literally just kind of... Um, pressed record on on Garage Band, and I recorded like a minute's worth of melodies, and I had about sixteen different melodies on day one, and then I started to um, hum a melody. I think I just did that, and then, but I think it was actually come day, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I had nothing. I had loads of little snippets of melodies. Mm. And uh, but nothing that had really landed. And I thought oh, I've got I've got nothing to show for this week that I've given my <laughs> life to. And and um, but that's just how it goes. Sometimes it, it is just sometimes you just feel like you're hitting on hard ground and nothing happens. Yeah. But I got to Thursday and I can I went back to the first little kind of vignette that I had done of this melody and and. Uh, and but by that time I was thinking, 
uh, back over my week and I was thinking the church community I was involved in at the time, I was looking at headlines around in, in the newspaper at, at that time and thinking of things in my own life, conversations I'd had over the years. And, and so it literally just, I just thought, well, let me just articulate some of these um, these yeah experiences and so yeah lord you hear the cry of the widow weeping lord you hear the cry of the child ill-treated i think that was a headline that was in the newspaper earlier that week mm. and um and we had a very dear friend that had just lost a husband and it was like yeah i could see her in my mind you know mm. lord you hear the cry of the depressed one sinking i could see another friend in my mind lord have mercy on us and then it just began to kind of spill out from that into the proud ones laughing god you hear because I, I didn't want it just to be the, the god hears the cry of the victim yeah but god also hears the sound of those who think they've got away with it yeah. those who yeah think that they have nothing to um, gain by naming God at all. So, God, you hear this, the sound of the proud ones laughing. God, you hear the sound of the childless hoping. I can see my yeah, friend yeah. in that as I sing it. And uh, God, you hear the cry of, of those in debt and struggling. And I think that probably was around the time of the whole credit crunch mm. stuff. And Lord, have mercy on us. And um, and then another phrase, the addict cra craving, um, and just the the hopelessness of mm, that place, mm. you know. And Lord, you hear the cry of the um, the greed of nations. Lord, you hear the sound of the martyrs praying, and that was again headlines of people that were being. Um, murdered for standing up well just for being normal mm -hmm. you know they, they weren't the kind of militant fist in the air they were just serving in offices and whatever and being but they were saying yeah we're, we're, we're going to die for this mm -hmm. you know and so that's how that just developed oh and thursday and friday i just began to chase those lyrics mm -hmm. down and then the and then the verse the chorus um break the heavens lord and then that phrase you said the poor are not forgotten but so i wanted that place of god come and do something but but remember but i'm we're calling you to your promise mm. you said the poor are not forgotten let your justice roar come with your compassion lord have mercy on us and so i'd written that i think over thursday and friday of the half term week but by then it was like getting like this feels um like it's getting somewhere yeah. you know but but up until that point, I thought actually there feels like something. It's not quite complete, mm. and so I guess just weeks that follow, just began to think actually no, there's there's something about Resurrection Day that speaks back into the past and speaks forward. That um, and so God, it's not about you hearing the sound. It's also about us choosing to hear the sound of Resurrection Day in that. So we hear the sound of Resurrection Day and resurrection day for creation groaning and and the place that it's not just god bless me have mercy on me give me mercy but god give me mercy show me mercy so that i can mm. pour out in mercy to others so it, that's kind of for me how the yeah. whole thing um yeah developed and and um and just became the story that yeah unfolded personally for me but then 
as I've seen and humbled by seeing it, you know, unfold for others as well, you mm. know, as I begin to sing it and articulate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It, it always interests me that you are, like you said to an earlier question, well, this is just comes out of who I am. Mm. You are somebody um, who you're writing and your your music and your leading very does very much does come out of who you are and mm. it's your. And then I've also seen you as students at LST, mm. um, and you're not saying to them, "Come on, be more like me," or All right, yeah. "Be more like this worship mm. leader or this famous mm. person." Mm. You're saying. Right now, who are you, mm. and how do you mm. express that? How do you express mm. that in your song? And you're you're helping people to find their their own voice and their own mm. expression. Mm. Um, so I guess you know what what have you learned about that? And and particularly if someone is listening to this and thinking, you know, I I want to write songs, but I don't know how to be myself, or yeah. or or I'm trying to I am being myself, but people aren't. Yeah, you know, yeah. they want me to be more like. Mm. Famous worship leader X. Yeah, know. yeah, that, yeah. Goodness me, I, I, I just think a choice. You just need to make a choice, and and I think the first thing I would say is for us to recognise that. I mean, as Carrie said to me, you know, you need to sing the song that God is singing mm. through you. And that means that, that you and I, we need to recognise that there is a song in us. If, if we don't believe that, mm. we will capitulate to the duplicate, duplicating something else. Mm. We, we'll capitulate to, oh, let me just do what I've heard. Yeah. But we can't write like, the Matt Redman, we can't, we can't write like Jesus Culture because that's the song God is singing through them. Mm. It would just sound like a poorer imitation of Jesus Culture, do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. So, so unless we actually believe that God has given us a song and that that's, that's the song that God will sing through us, we are, we're always going to be on the back foot. We're mm. always going to be slightly apologetic and slightly, um, uh, even defensive about that. But I think the moment that we, even in our weakness and our, yes, I need to build skills. Yes, it's not, doesn't feel very good or very finished or very accomplished. But the moment we begin to say, I have a song because God has given me a song. Mm -hmm. There's there, there are things in my experience, my background. Um, there are things that I've read, things that I see and that I observe that nobody else mm -hmm. has experienced. There are things that I experience, and particularly for those of us that are songwriters within worshipping communities, there are things that our community has, has experienced that Spring Harvest will never experience, yeah. that Jesus culture has never experienced. And God is saying, so where are the writers to articulate that particular worship community? Mm. So I think the moment we, we begin to believe that um, God has given us a song and that God is singing that song through us and that we kind of say, okay, God, so sing your song through me. I think there's something even there that's in a bit of an alignment place, mm. a bit of a, a kind of going onto the front foot, you mm. know, right, okay, God. And I think from that point, we we then just become detectives, you know, <laughs> like, and, okay, so what is this song? Yeah, you know, yeah, what yeah. does that look like? And I think just keep crafting, just keep exploring, just keep checking, ask people to, 
even ask people, you know, what what is my bent? What is my what is the song that you hear me singing? What is the passion? Yeah. What is the buzz? What is the distinctive about how I write? You know, check it with other people. Check it yourself. Look back over the songs that you've written or the songs that you want to write. And what is the current thread that mm. keeps coming back on the theme that keeps resonating? You know, and then just just begin to chase that mm. down. Experiment with. Um, that theme or experiment with that resonance and and ask for God's spirit, ask for God's help, like help me to write this song. If, if you've given me a song, God, then give me the ability to chase it down because that's going to be the song that will bless my community. Um, yeah, and the song that I will sing back to you, God, to bless you. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah having that, that audience in mind of God as the first. Yeah. Yeah. Audience, and so you know you've got to have integrity. Yeah, God. absolutely. No one else. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, last question. Yeah. Um, is there one song that you just when you hear it or you sing it, you think oh, I wish I'd I'd written that song. All right. Like, <laughs> what what's the what's the one that you go ah oh, they got their first or I wish I'd right. a song like that or. You mean apart from we have come to the Yeah, Father. apart from that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> you wrote that. Yeah, that wasn't angling for that. Uh, I know you weren't, but I, it does keep coming back to me. I am, I'm terrible at questions like this because I just have like a stack of songs that come to mind and they're just different songs for different moments. Um, so I'll just end up giving songs that just mean a list of songs that just mean. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, there's, I, I love the through composed old school one of you are my rock in times mm. of trouble you lift me up when I fall down um, mm. I um, I love oh my soul arise and bless your maker there's just something mm. about that that works um, I love and this is not because you're here but there's just something that lands on it when we sing Jesus lead us to the Father by your spirit help us draw near I just yeah love that but it's not just I mean even as I, I told you you were going to get a list <laughs> but it's not even just that you know I think of um, of songs outside of the church thing that mm. you know so um, lights will guide mm. you home and ignite your bones I will try to fix you I just think Glorious, yeah. the glory of God is on that. And yeah. so Interesting that, that he grew up in a vicarage. I heard that. I yeah. heard that. It doesn't surprise me actually mm. at all because I mean I've seen that song as recently as two three weeks ago on two separate concert occasions. Just something ignite it, mm. and people connect to it in really emotional, powerful ways. Mm. You know and. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, there's a whole string of, string of songs on that mm. one. <laughs> yeah. I said that was the last one, but I actually think you should pray for people listening to this. Oh, wow. I feel like that would yeah. be a good thing to do, like, yeah. bless, pray a blessing over them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, with pleasure. And, um, God, because even now, God angels are singing and clamoring to worship you to give you praise and um, even now they recognize that you are the reason for the song your 
there you're the one that that um that gives um that is the source for all um of of our attempts at singing about what is good what is true what is right what needs to be right what needs mm. to be true what needs to be good you're the source of that god and so yeah very simply um and very humbly what an honor but i do pray your blessing on on all of those who listen to this who have that fire in their belly to write mm. and um, and are writing and are running after that would you bless them continue to inspire them mm. uh, give them your peace give them that passion to keep running for those who have that fire in their belly but feel helpless in terms of either how to get it onto paper mm. or feel a bit paralyzed because nobody really listens and or they try um, to sing it in their community and it just feels like there are closed doors we just pray mm. God that you'd give them real sense of of encouragement from your heart mm. to them to keep writing for mm. you as their audience to mm. keep singing that song mm. back to you to keep finding out what is that song you're you you are singing through them God and for those who are listening who probably never even considered themselves as songwriters who just thought well yeah as I thought, I'll just leave that to those who already write. And uh, I pray, Lord God, that you'd be challenging them mm. to God with mm. that reality that you would sing your song through them today. Wake them up, mm. I pray, God, to the clamour, the song that is being sung around you right now and uh, encourage them that they too can join in articulating that song mm. in praise to you. We pray this by the Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Mm. Amen. Well, that's a really brilliant way to end the interview. I think we all feel quite blessed by Geraldine praying for us. Um, and it's fascinating, it's intriguing as well to hear the songs that other songwriters admire as well. So I think we might build up a bit of a list of those. Um, we yeah. got that from Graham Kendrick um, and now from Geraldine um and yeah we'll see how those see how that goes over the course of our interviews so there's not much left for us to do that's the end of our um of our episode in a moment we're going to play our featured song and i've uh, decided on matt's behalf that we'll use one of matt's songs um you say trust in the lord with all your heart which is a song uh, matt that's a song it's a scripture song isn't it so it's just the kind of song really that we are uh, we're trying to write this month Yes, yes, it is. It's taken from Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six, um, verses which you know, my dad wrote in the inside cover of a Bible that he gave me when I was a teenager. Um, so they've been important to me for a, for a long time. Brilliant. So we'll play that um, at the end of uh, the podcast. Um, just a reminder to listeners, we'd love you to take part in the 12 Song Challenge. Um, if uh, you want to let us know that you're doing it and we'll send you email updates and so on, then um, info at um, resoundworship.org or podcast at resoundworship.org. You can take your pick. If you've got any other thoughts, comments on the things we've discussed, then do tweet us, uh, put stuff on our Facebook page or send us emails. And last of all, I just have to thank you, Matt, for um, coming and co-hosting with me today. What a pleasure. Um, and wish you all the best with your taxing January writing a song on that verse from Jeremiah. Thank you very much. You say trust in the Lord with all your heart 
I will trust in you, Lord, with all my heart. You say, don't lean upon your understanding. I'll put my life in your hands. You say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I will trust in you, Lord, with all my heart. You say, don't lean upon your understanding. I'll put my life in. Place that in 